Establishing your company as a media company is more than just saying you want to go out and create. You have to have the right type of media. You need to know what your goals are. You need to understand where you need to broaden and more importantly, where you need to narrow down your content and focus. Introducing Recorded Content, a podcast for small, scrappy B2B marketing teams who want to get the most out of podcasting. In each episode, we capture stories from industry experts and podcasters. Listen in and uncover what it takes to launch, run, and grow a successful B2B podcast. Check out and subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Let's jump in. Hey, this is Justin Brown. I'm the co-founder of Motion and your host for this episode of Recorded Content. Recorded Content is brought to you by Motion, a done-for-you podcast agency for small, scrappy B2B tech marketers. One of the most talked about topics in B2B marketing right now is how companies can establish themselves as media companies in their space. The problem is that it's a lot more difficult than just saying, I want to set out and be a media company. I watch organizations launch webinar series or podcasts or long-form blog initiatives, and then I watch them peter out over six months, 12 months, what have you. It's a lot more difficult than just something that you say you want to do or say, this year, we're going to become a media company. I watch organizations that have an entire dedication to this and have over five to 10 years and still can't keep up with production, despite the fact that they have really built their company around this idea of being a software company or a tech company or just a B2B company that is a media company. The difference between being a company that sells a product or service and being a media company in a lot of cases is going to be the infrastructure that you have as an organization. A media company is comprised of writers, videographers, and media creators, whereas in a B2B organization, you have people on staff who are engineers or product marketers or salespeople. And while they may be creators in their own right, whether that's on social media or a YouTube channel or something along those lines, the vast majority of them are not paid to be creators. A big piece of this media company push is having a podcast. A podcast is an ongoing initiative for these organizations. And if you've ever worked in B2B, you know the idea of an ongoing initiative is taxing for any marketing department. A lot of times at no fault of their own. You're asked to do a million different things and then you have this one thing that you need to do over and over. But just because the nature of it requires subject matter experts to be involved and like I already mentioned, Those folks have those other job requirements outside of just creating media. It makes it very tough. So rather than give context myself on how companies are incorporating a podcast into this desire to be a media company, I decided to leverage excerpts from Camille Trent and the show she runs called Content Logistics. So here's a little bit of an overview of Content Logistics because I feel like it fits very well within this idea. Content Logistics is a podcast for B2B marketers looking to build a content engine that drives revenue. Camille Trent interviews the marketers behind the best content marketing flywheels to uncover the tactical aspects of content production from first draft to first customer. This podcast teaches everything from developing a sound content strategy to drafting, optimizing, and distributing that content to grow your audience. And ultimately, Content Logistics helps marketers understand how to become the best content creators and distributors within their own organization. So what I'm going to do in today's episode is jump into conversations that Camille has had with other marketers discussing not only podcasting, but also becoming a media company and how these two things intertwine. 
So let's start here with uh, a conversation Camille had with Melissa Rosenthal, the chief creative officer at ClickUp. So there's two things that stood out. One of them was SaaS companies trying to act like media companies, media companies trying to act like SaaS companies, or both of them realizing that there's a benefit to each type of model. And I think now, like with with the economy and with just the uncertainty, with everything, I do see like the value in like diversifying almost, right? Diversifying your revenue streams, like diversifying like how you go to market to some degree. So I'll shout out Metadata, for instance. They have this community with sponsors, like paid sponsors for their community. And you could argue kind of like a, a media arm going with their podcast. And that could be standalone, like if they wanted it to be, but also they have the SaaS product that they sell. And so they have kind of like um, this diversified like portfolio of products, if you will, right? Like content and community products and then their actual products, their SaaS product that they sell. And so you can see like when when the the waters are a little bit like choppy, that it that might be good to have multiple ways to make money, right? Yeah. And so so that part like really, really stands out. And one should get your take on that. Like, is that a reason to do both? I mean, definitely. I, I would say it's different for different like sized companies, right? Like, you know, in this day and age, if you're a small SaaS business that doesn't have a huge cash infusion, like how are you going to market? And that's like, you have to become a media company. You have to create content and that expends way past now just creating a blog. So like, what does that model look like? I also think that, yeah, that is really smart. I mean, you know, I believe in like media company, like it, it encompasses a lot, right? Like it, it can encompass your entire community strategy, your social strategy, your like actual content creation strategy, and then, you know, any other things that you're doing internally to get your brand out there. So like internal influencers or which is, we can go into that later, what we're doing. But yeah, I mean, I, I view it as like, there's a lot of different ways to kind of like operate it. And it, it really is like a sum of its parts to me. But yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense having like that community, like that content strategy or media strategy for, for community led. Yeah. The one other thing on here that, that you said that stood out is helping diversify your go to market. So especially if you're, if you're bootstrapped, right. Or you don't have like the funding to kind of like get you through the next couple of years. Like if you need that, you can have kind of this like self-sustaining go to market or like content program that sort of like funds itself, right? And so it's not necessarily like I'm going to rely on the content product like for revenue, but at least like I'm not, marketing isn't draining our budget, right? Like yeah. it's becoming like an asset for us in itself. Yeah. And I mean, it's like a lot of the podcasts I'm on, it's, these are companies that are creating podcasts to create media, right? So, I mean, definitely. And also if you don't have a ton of money to spend on ads, and you have to find, you know, your buyers, like, how are you going to do that? You're going to talk to people that would probably resonate from having conversation, you know, resonate from listening to conversations. Now, like, does this all become saturated and, and does it need to evolve? Probably. But, you know, I mean, that we saw that in like tried and true media. So I would imagine there will probably be a point. Luckily, we're not there yet. So the grass is still green, in my opinion, on like, how brands can kind of move into that bucket. But I think it'll be very interesting to see like what the future of that looks like as every brand tries to do that to, you know, have a better balance between their organic and paid growth. And so you see, it, it's this balance. As people evolve their strategies, we'll have to continue to watch how companies are able to achieve this balance between organic and paid growth. 
how companies will balance the development of internal influencer marketing, external influencer marketing, the balance between blog and podcast, and an overarching desire to position your company as a thought leader. And so the question becomes, what should your company do if you have that desire to be a media company? Where should you set out? Are there certain things that are better than others for your business? Here, Camille asked John Benini, the director of marketing at Databox, that question. So was there, is there anything that you would have done different early on that you found out, like unlocks that you found out later on that you started doing? They're like, ah, like I wish I would have done that from day one. Well, I mean, the, the one of the obvious ones is like asking more multiple choice questions, but right, we really couldn't do that until we scaled. So that's, you know, that's kind of a tougher one. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't usually look back and think of a man if we need like, because I always feel like they things happen at the right time when they're supposed to like, the program might be too young, you might not have a big enough audience, you might not have enough contributors. And so the unlocks that happen later on is usually because those things start to grow, or change or evolve. And like, that's when the unlocks have happened. So it's tough to say, I wish we were doing this earlier because we couldn't, right? I mean, I think there's probably things we're doing now that maybe aren't even really like public yet or even widespread that could potentially be things like, you know, whether it's connecting our podcast more, like we're doing different stuff with our podcast now that seems to be working a lot. And where we actually have a dedicated team at Databox now that basically they're they don't they're not in marketing although we collaborate with them a lot that basically like prospects on LinkedIn for a future product that we have coming but it they're t- it's kind of tying everything in our content with our product with, and so I think there's probably going to be some interesting things and in, that we learn in the coming months that you know we're like man we should have been doing this earlier The theme here is and will continue to be that there isn't a right or wrong answer. You need to find out what works for your organization. What can you do that you can stay consistent with and execute on over long periods of time regularly? For you, it may be a once per quarter webinar or a monthly long form blog post, or maybe it's an every other week podcast. You also need to understand how and where your audience is consuming their content and how you can get it out in front of them. So how do you know what and how to balance the different content mediums? Here's Ryan Law, the VP of content at Animals, breaking down his process. How do you know it's time to add another channel? So you figured out like the first few channels, the first like few content strategies to start thinking about. How do you know like it's time to to branch out and kind of like stack that growth? The way I tend to think about prioritization of channels or strategies is through a kind of uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but applied to content marketing. So that kind of like classic psychological triangle concept where, you know, in order to worry about social problems in your life, you have to have food to eat and you have to have a roof over your head and you can't worry about your friends until you have those basic requirements met. And I think that's useful for content marketing. It's very tempting to go like, hey, we want brand awareness and we want all this amazing thought leadership content but quite often there are more basic foundational problems that have to be solved to allow you to do that whether that's generating the growth you need to warrant that whether it's getting the money you need to do that or whether it's proving your ability as a content marketer to skeptical managers or company leaders so quite often we talk to companies and we talk to them and the first thing they have to do is just prove that content marketing is a viable strategy in their industry. Because the amount of times companies assume that it is, is kind of mind-numbing. So quite often in that case, the thing you want to do is just as efficiently as possible, 
sell something with content marketing. So in that case, we'd probably do like a bit of bottom of funnel content. What is like the keyword that is closest to the problem you solve? Or is there a particular sales conversation that your sales reps are having over and over again and they're struggling to close that we can write a bit of content to make that conversation a bit more compelling, a bit more interesting and a bit more credible? And then beyond that, you start unlocking the higher levels of the hierarchy. So maybe you want loads of SEO traffic, but actually your domain authority is terrible. You're a brand new company. You don't, you can't rank for anything because you've got like five backlinks to your whole site. So instead of writing a bunch of SEO content, which is probably not going to get many backlinks, like how often do people link to a really boring what is article or a how to post, you should probably pick that one goal and go as directly and as hard for it as you can and create content specifically just to build links. So that might be like a benchmark report, some kind of data aggregation, maybe like a really spicy contrarian opinion that you want to share and generate some discussion. So I think yeah, generally thinking, what is the most immediate pressing hardest problem you have in mind? Have we solved that? If we have, let's move on to the next problem and the next type of content. And just another point around this that I think is useful. I published a case study recently about one of our customers, a company called 360 Learning, and they are amazing at all aspects of content. Joey, who's our point of contact, basically brought us in as the first thing that she did, and we helped her with SEO. So we built like a, an organic engine for their growth, and we did a good job. But the cool thing about that was that gave her content-skeptical CEO the fodder, the trust, to let Joey do whatever the hell she liked with content because she proved she could hit those core pipeline metrics. So as a result, she's done more interesting things like podcasts. They've even done a docu-series where they actually filmed her onboarding at the company and like made it into a whole video series. All stuff which is really hard to justify unless you have those core pipeline metrics in place and you are generating new business from your content. But with so many viable channels, how do you decide which ones to go for? In the next excerpt, you'll hear from Chris Walker, the CEO of Refine Labs, and he talks about finding your lane and going hard after it. And so you should be able to, as a company, make educated decisions on like the top two or three opportunities in the market for you right now. And then from there, I would recommend having a couple of experiments running with the goal of figuring out what are the positive signals in one channel that I'm looking for, which could be for me on LinkedIn. It was people inviting me onto their podcast. It was CMO sending me DMs saying, hey, that content was really helpful. It was people asking me if I would do a speaking engagement for their marketing team. It was people that were starting sales calls with us saying, I was reading your LinkedIn post or watching your LinkedIn video. And then I was thinking about this. Those are the positive signals that I'm looking for. The thing that people need to shift here is that all of the signals early on are qualitative, not quantitative. And so you need to be able to shift what you're actually looking for at the beginning to achieve the positive signals, which are the early indicators, which would then push you of saying, okay, for right now, LinkedIn is working clearly. I'm going to push these other two to the side, which for me was podcast and Instagram. I'm going to push these to the side. I'm going to focus on LinkedIn. I'm going to actually get this to really work. I'm going to truly like, and I think that if you look at LinkedIn, I'm probably one of the people that have made the platform work the most out of anyone in the world over the past three years. And so I feel like a lot of marketers do stuff, but only scratch the surface, if that, on the actual impact of a channel because they never go deep enough. And then when you're actually going real deep, you see tons of immense benefits. And then you add the next, once you have a clear path to scale on LinkedIn, which is we know how to create content every day. We know the content resonates. I have a cadence where I can publish that every day. 
Now let's work on events. Now let's work on the podcast. That's the framework that I use to scale marketing programs, whether it's organic or paid. Find one, get the positive signals, prove that it's repeatable, operationalize it, then scale it. While it's scaling, start running experiments to figure out what the next one will be. Establishing your company as a media company is more than just saying you want to go out and create. You have to have the right type of media. You need to know what your goals are. You need to understand where you need to broaden and more importantly, where you need to narrow down your content and focus. It's not an impossible task. We're seeing companies all over the place execute on this becoming a media company idea and do it well. I'd like to think as a company that runs six shows ourselves that we do an okay job on this, but I also know the work that goes in. So try to build an approach that you can scale, but don't start at scale. Find something that you can build to and set your sights on that. You know, the sayings, crawl, walk, run, you know, training wheels before taking them off. Anyway, I hope this helps put some light on what it'll take to establish your company as a media company, what podcasting plays in that. Thanks for tuning in. This was another episode of Recorded Content. Thanks for listening to Recorded Content, a show brought to you by Motion, a done-for-you podcasting agency for B2B tech marketers. We do the podcast stuff so you can focus on strategy, building brand awareness, and developing new relationships. To learn more about how you can launch and grow a podcast for your company, check out motionagency.io. Thanks for listening to Recorded Content. 